You are listening to an MLGA Network podcast. Welcome to Voluntary Vixens, where Jesse and Maddie give a female voice to news and pop culture with a libertarian twist. Join us to stay informed and challenged while keeping it sane, peaceful, and most importantly, voluntary. Well, it's been a while since we've talked to each other, right? It has been. It's been a couple weeks since we've recorded I anything. Mean, and it's past Groundhog's Day. We didn't relive that. Yes. I have, I'll say for the record, you know, Groundhog's Day, that movie's supposed to be a classic. I'll admit that I watched it for the very first time this year. God, I love Bill Murray. Did it blow you away? It didn't blow me away, but you know, it was like that's a that's a good one. And um, boyfriend and I are definitely gonna go to Puxitani sometime. Maybe not next year because it's a Tuesday. Because you know we both work and um, yeah, you know, a random <laughs> a random Tuesday to celebrate Groundhog's Day like a bunch of weirdos. Um. Who don't live in Puxatani? Really awesome. Have you been? No, my husband. I'm just being. So, oh. I'm being facetious. But my husband says that he's that, from around you know, that area, he lives, right? It, yeah. He lives in Pittsburgh, so Puxatani is not far. It's like a maybe an hour drive. It's a groundhog's throw lives. away. Yeah, so they they would go for school field trips, and they would just throw make fun of the dude wearing the dudes wearing top hats and stuff. I can't believe so. they wear top hats. <laughs> Yeah, there's dudes tradition. wearing top hats, and they make a big affair out of it, and it's kind of... I, I would like to go just because it sounds ridiculous. No, it sounds like but a crazy... We should coordinate a visit. <laughs> I think so. We should so. coordinate a um, Groundhog Day reunion. <laughs> we haven't met each other in real life, but I'll see you in Puxatawney. <laughs> Listen to the gopher. Yeah. <laughs> Gophers are awesome, too. They're so cute. Uh, apparently, like, I don't have the joys of it yet. I don't know if they live in my new house that I'm moving into, but, you know, they tear up a backyard like nobody's business. Yeah, that's I'm true. very excited to uh, start the joys of homeowning. Yes. Uh, Just wait till you have to worry about landscaping. Uh, oh. Yeah, well, especially because I live on a hill. Um, so, and it rains, you know, I don't know. It's going to be, we'll see. Uh, Welcome to the Voluntary Vixens, guys, where we talk about <laughs> landscaping. <laughs> And Make sure Groundhog your lawn Day. is mowed. I don't know. Like, be a good And be sometimes a good you talk about voluntarism. Well, yeah. I've been thinking more and more about um, agorism or agorism. How do you say it? Where's Empress when you need her? I don't know. I think in light of recent events and just what the hell is going on in the world and why it's so crazy and it's like, it's... You know, it, this is the impeachment that didn't happen. Like, do you well, feel that at all? Was if anybody I, surprised? When I say that, like, does that mean anything to you? Like, who's going to remember that this impeachment happened? Like, half the population is going to remember and half of the population is not. Or I should say half the voting population is, half it's not. And then there's so many more people that are apathetic and don't care um, that don't even pay attention. I mean, I kind of envy them in some way, but... It's just like that happened. We're already in and out. I mean, yeah, Jesse and I were saying what we predicted the whole time. Like, it just didn't mean anything. Um, what a weird year it's been so far. <laughs> like, we've already had an impeachment. We escaped World War Three. I mean, like, this is what, 
we were just saying this with what Monica last week when we um, interviewed her, which by the time you'll listen to this, you'll be able to go back and check out our interview we did with Monica Perez of The Propaganda Report. Uh, she's awesome. And she's named dropped us twice now. And so it's like we're, bas- we're basically famous. I'm so excited we're really about not. that. My, my, <laughs> my ego is not that big. It's quite tiny. Mine is. I was. Well, I, you're an I eight. You <laughs> I know. I should have texted Every you. single time somebody driving. mentions us anywhere, I'm like, I'll record, I'll like turn it up and make my my daughter listen to it. And I'm like. Your mom's famous. Your mom is famous. And your daughter's like, what's a podcast? Mom. Mommy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. How old is she? She can speak sentences, right? Um, She is um six years old. And yeah, she can. She won't shut up. Yeah, so. she talk back. Oh yeah. Oh man, I can't wait. Homeowning, kids one day. I can't wait to just have constant stress and nightmares. Oh, I know. Well, anyway, yep. Like you said, welcome back to the Voluntary Vixens, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So weird stuff's been going on, and so I yeah I've like you. Well, I don't know if you've done this too, but it seems like you have, and we've been on the same page, whether like we've even been really in communication or not. But so Jesse and I both just finished listening to what I guess is a pretty classic, I don't, you know, short book. I can't, you can't call it a short story. I mean, unless you don't believe that what the guy is saying is true, but we just both finished listening to Behold a Pale Horse, which is one of those things where I just kept hearing being talked about and talked about and talked about name dropped, name dropped. I had no idea what it was, not a clue, kind of just like searched it one day and found it and um, needed to get rid of some Audible credits, so it was on there, I was like, all right, and it was read by the author, so if you haven't read that Mm -hmm. yet, I recommend it. Um, Jesse, did you catch when it was actually published as a written book? Uh, Let me... Because I feel Um, like he talks about... I want to say it had to be in the 90s. It had to be. But it had to have been before Bush too, I'd say. Right. But like maybe early Clinton. Yeah. Yeah. I believe it was. See. Well, anyway, while you're looking for that, I mean. 1991. 1991. Okay. So then it is just Bush Sr. But the Clintons yeah, were that's all to it, some degree. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, at that point, what was Bill Slick Willie uh, governor? Probably doing some prep. Um Arkansas. I think he was still at that point, and I think he uh, didn't. He wait, when did Bill Clinton become president? Was it nineteen ninety two? Maybe. Oh my god! And then he got reelected. Bill Clinton. Because I remember in first grade we were getting propagandized. I remember like seeing pictures of him and thinking, "Oh, he looks handsome. He should be president." And it's like, why on earth is a first grader thinking about these things? That's kind of weird. But also. Why I don't know. It was really weird that they were trying to teach us first graders about this presidential election going on, and like you know, obviously, kind of painting Bill Clinton in a nice light. And it's like, who's this Bob Dole guy? He's an old fart. Like, you know, they've been doing that forever. <laughs> like the same sort of thing really happened in um high school, and I I think I mentioned it before. I was in like AP NSL National State Local Government, and it's just total brainwashing it took me a while to be like do i just have to sit here and listen to this crap and then i finally did and i was like oh okay well that's how you pass the class but it was awful um 
it really was just like state worship and it was like this is why we have the state and like this is all the beautiful things it does i'm like you guys are all awful i didn't know how quite how awful it was back then but um yeah i think like i said i mentioned it before but it's just like uh the things they're trying to like program into i guess to some degree you know most of the teachers right there in the schools boot, the boots on the ground you know so to speak they don't know they're just propagandizing us a lot of them don't yeah well no that's i mean god there's so many things that um i just never even realized going back that i was just being fed a bunch of crap i mean especially in history and government classes i feel like i've done such a good job at this point replacing all that i've ever learned that it's like really hard to remember what i was even doing in school like what i was learning because I don't know. It really was a lot of unlearning and I kind of just devoured all of that that I could get. Back to the Behold a Pale Horse. He's ex-Navy intelligence and so, you know, I don't want, I think it's very short. Honestly, it's a short listen. I think everybody should go listen to it if they're even interested in this stuff at all. Um, especially because afterwards there was that surprise um, interview. Did you listen to that? Yes. That was probably the most interesting, honestly. It was like way after his book and was published and yeah so stick around for that it's a nice little added bonus but yeah i mean he was kind of you know laying out a lot of stuff that we've heard about since 1991 um but i guess hearing it from a source like he was makes a little bit more oh like crap (laughs) this actually is true this is this was happening it was known then so anyway what's so freaky is that he so methodically lays out the abuses of power that the past presidents have done and just how much of that power has been transferred to the president and then how these presidents kept kind of like signing it away to the deep state, like to, to what is yep. what we would call now the deep state, this, this permanent s- bureaucratic state, the unelected, What is that, what did he call them? The non-elected government? It's just like, yeah. <sighs> and it is so it's really concerning. It's one of those things where it's, uh, you know, I don't know, like, what's scarier, li- listening to the news every single day or listening to, like, the truth? And um, I think it's both, it's all yeah. scary, um, you know, because there's the media um, on TV, everything's alarmism. Um, you know, you're gonna die from something. And, you know, Trump wants to kill so-and-so. And then, you know, if you turn on Fox News, it's like, the Democrats want to kill so-and-so, and it's like, well, you know, a bunch of misanthropic people, they probably actually do want a lot of people to die. See the Green New Deal, that's not progress, that's called destruction. But, I don't know. So, I, I've been I've been binging some of, to recover from all that truth, and you know, having to just sit with it all, and take it all in. It got really weird when he started talking about aliens. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like my opinions on aliens haven't really changed, that they probably exist, but it was interesting that um one of his modes, one of his theories was like, well, okay, so if they're lying about, or like if aliens aren't real, the technology at least is, and they're using the idea of aliens as further propaganda to like Independence Day and how it brings the world mm-hmm. together. And it's like what Eddie Bravo always says, like that's going to be what they use to make it the one world government. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we need to be united in the face of these aliens. 
Well, and I think at one point he said also, this was an interesting point too that he made because I remember this because I was pulling right into the church. Oh, man. <laughs> when I was listening to this and he said that um, there might be also this, uh, all this information about um, aliens might also be a cover up or of something else, for something else. So I don't know what they mean by that, but, but whatever it is, it might be uh, like it might be a made up thing to like usher in that new world order yeah you know does that make sense yeah i mean never let a crisis go to waste and don't be afraid to make a crisis if you need one i'm you know paraphrasing what i'm yeah. sure somebody said yeah i mean and that, i mean it just seems like i don't want to sound crazy but I, maybe, maybe it's too late welcome to I the mean, voluntary so vixens podcast we're crazy or at least <laughs> your non-libertarian girlfriend might think we are yeah but we do have, I mean, like all over the news, I mean, it's uh, every time I look, like open Facebook or Twitter, like especially after the Super Bowl, for example, there's all this stuff about satanic symbolism on the Super Bowl yeah. and in these music videos and in this movie. I don't know if you remember, but I remember when I was a kid in the late 80s and early 90s, there was sort of like a satanic panic kind of thing going on. And, um, like all these rock bands had, if you played their records backwards, they would say something. I feel like uh, adults evil. have always been afraid or, you know, saying that. Cause like, you know, if you look at, uh, what is it? I don't know. That 70s show. There's that theme like, oh, they're mm -hmm. listening. What are the kids listening to these days? Oh, it's this dark music. So I think like, but I mean, I mean, I don't know. No, I, it's not. I, I, I think it's I'm not a Christian, absent. so I believe it's possible for things like that to exist. But at the, I don't know. I mean, at what level does it exist? I think that um, if you were to get tangible, though, on tangible things, aliens and demons are not tangible. So you have to, but the idea that the deep state is plotting to gain more and more power and control over all of us, that seems more tangible to me. It doesn't sound out of the realm of possibility, considering what we've seen. And yeah, considering we see the evidence of it every single day, yes. just like inch by inch by inch. I mean, just look at, I mean, if you listen to um, Cam on uh, Make Liberty Great Again, I mean, he's talked about Waco, he's talked about Ruby Ridge, he's talked about other uh, ways that the CAA or shady entities have used propaganda to get us involved in wars. And we and all of those are true. Those are factual oh, yeah. statement things that have actually That's, happened. Yeah. So you can't deny that. Um, so it's hard. I don't know. Whenever I hear somebody get on my case about being very skeptical of having government involved in everything, I'm like, look at their well, track record. Well, what? What? Yeah. What is? What? What? Why? Why do you trust them? How? Why am I the crazy one? Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, who's taking crazy pills? I swear it's not me. Some days maybe I should. Some days maybe I wish I was. But that's what I mean. Like, so, so much. I think, every, like I said, everybody should go listen to that. And then, you know, let us know what you think. Leave us a comment. Send us a DM if you have or haven't listened to it. I'd love to actually, like, talk to somebody else about it. But it's like, you know, so here's all this very easily traceable, documented proof of, mm -hmm. you know, the power accumulating and then power being distributed to people outside of the president who like one the president shouldn't have that power but then he shouldn't give it to somebody else that we have no idea who's responsible for it mm -hmm. exactly that's scary that's scarier than aliens and when we're talking about like crazy people 
I mean, I'm sorry, but look at our government. Some of these people in our that that work in our government Maniacs. are freaking crazy. Bonkers. I mean, you know, these people went to like spirit cooking. You know, that's yeah, crazy. Yeah, I mean, even if there's nothing to that, that's just weird and odd. You're weird. Get a better hobby. <laughs> like like take tango dancing lessons or I don't know, play chess, read. Reading's and good we know for everybody. that we do know that there have been CIA and FBI um, involved in pedophile rings too. I mean, we know that we know the Franklin that. scandal was real. It actually happened. It makes uh, PizzaGate look like My Little Pony. Looks so, like- um, <laughs> come on. I mean, that's the thing is none of that is out of the realm of possibility. And maybe, maybe I think that people can't really grasp onto that because it's such a scary thing. That you feel so out of control when you realize these kind of things. Yeah. But, I mean, i much rather... I feel like I'm more out of control if I don't know the truth. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've said it before that I think, to some degree, people... It's a defense mechanism, you know? Um, cognitive dissonance and these blind spots we all have, and, you know, people develop, and sometimes very strongly, like, the blinders are up. It's a defense mechanism, you know? People are afraid of something. They're afraid of, like, being out of control, like you said. But it's, I feel like I'm the kind of person that wants to know everything so that I can feel in as much control as I can possibly be in. And which right. which might not even be a lot. But, you know, mm-hmm. it makes you that much more grateful for, I think, what you do have control over. And it makes you feel valuable and important that you can still do those things. Well, I do think that when more and more people start pointing out how corrupt our government is and, and all of the, um, just the human rights violations that happen, um, not just within our country, but all what we do to people in other countries too. If more and more people talk about it and are open and honest with themselves, allow themselves to hear the truth and then talk to each other about it, I think that it does diminish the power of the government because the government can only be controlled as when you allow them to be your leader, but when you don't allow them to be your leaders anymore, then they have no power. That's, and that's really I don't true. know. I just feel like um, we just all have to be honest and open about what we see, yeah, what we've experienced, and question everything. And I mean, technically, it's this abstract entity that decides it's got an authority over us, and or like a certain degree of authority over us, which because. Uh, the right amount of people voted for that person to take away other people's rights and yeah and you know i don't know why anybody thinks that's okay like i thought i had a thought the other day you know we based a lot of our government ideas off of like the roman and the greek the romans and the greeks like we have the senate mm-hmm. we have uh democracy you know we consider ourselves a republic but there's some of us who think that we're a democracy. We're not. But um, those are two main things that I think I can think of, like, you know, that. And there's other aspects to the Roman and, and Greek government that we've adopted the ideas from. But I think, like, I'm looking back, especially the democracy thing. Why did we think that that was something we should adopt? Because are the Romans and the Greek governments still here today? No. Why do those countries fail? Why do those, those governments fail? Maybe we should have think, paid more attention to that because I think we're falling into the same traps that they did. They expanded too much. They got overly involved in other... They, they just spread themselves too thin. And that's what we're doing now. I have a question. And this is, yeah. you know, just a exercise. 
potentially, but also want to see what you think. So, like, does democracy necessarily lead to an empire? Or could it happen either way, I suppose? Because I feel like, you know, they give us quote-unquote democracy here, and they go forward with this empire that, for the most part, people here are very ignorant about the fact that we're acting like an empire abroad. People have no Mm -hmm. idea. I didn't have really any idea just how bad it was until I started, you know, actually actually listening to um, criticism. (laughs) Well, I was thinking... You know, the Greeks, for example, when they were still small, when it was starting out, um, you had a bunch of people that were very like-minded working, you know, they might have a difference in how they vote for things, but they sort of agree on the basic principles of, like, how they want to be as a nation, um, what they value as a nation, like education, building up a military, healthcare, aqueducts, whatever, you know aqueducts Uh, (laughs) but i think that the greeks tried to conquer so many different lands then they're dealing with cultures that are different from theirs and they were having a harder time getting everybody on board with what they're maintaining yeah maintaining their allegiance to this new leader that you know that they collected molyneux has done really good lectures on this yeah yeah same thing with the romans too i mean the romans just kind of took what the greeks did and then they expanded upon it and then they just tried to spread out too much and like i'll even say like i think when they when they went into um northern europe into like england and um scotland and all that and they were dealing with a whole different culture they did not know how to fight that culture they didn't know how to reason with that culture because the values were totally different Mm -hmm. than what the greeks had so i mean the romans had at that time so I'm just thinking, like, that's kind of what we're trying to do. In America, we're not trying to conquer lands, quote-unquote, but we are trying to expand our idea of freedom and democracy and all that stuff to countries that don't even really... That's not on, on the top of their list of things that they care about. No. So they have no concept of that. And honestly, like, I'm thinking of, like, Afghanistan, for example. Freedom and democracy and all that stuff... That might come later, but right now they need to have a like a safe place to live. Yeah, they need to live in somewhere that hasn't been bombed for two decades. Yeah. I can't even imagine what my life would be like. Like, looking around my bright, sunny, colorful bedroom here in safe United States. And, but the people in the countries that were very militarily involved in, they don't have things like this. Not just because, of course, like, socioeconomic differences, but, like, the fact that they've been under siege Mm -hmm. for decades. And not to say that it wasn't a bleephole before that, you know, with their own tribal warfare, but, you know, it was something that at least, again, was, like, culturally on their same level, and they're I I still think we messed up the projection of probably a better future for all those countries when yeah we did we decided to get so so involved. Well, we did our interview with Monica Perez. Uh, she mentioned too, like one of the things that um, foreigners have a different mindset from Americans. You know, we have a very consumer mo- mindset, materialistic. And we make it sound like, I mean, everybody makes it sound like that's a bad thing to be consumerized and, you know, think about money all the time and how to make it and how to profit from whatever we're doing. 
But the good thing about that type of mentality is that you're not thinking from that mentality of, well, I was born in this caste or I was born in this from this family in this country and I'm kind of set for life as this. I'm stuck here. Yeah. Yeah. A, mater- a materialistic consumerist type of uh, mindset means that if I work really hard, I can change my life. I can do better. I might have to be poor for this amount of time while I go to school to get this degree so I can get this job, um, which that is a whole nother story because that might be changing soon. But, you know, there's we have we our mentality in America, and I've always felt this way, is that if I if things are bad right now, it's just temporary. If I just do this and this and this, my life will be better. But in Afghanistan, born a female from a certain family, you don't have that mentality. You know that your life is basically, you're just there to get married and have kids and that's it. Yeah. It's not a, uh, a hopeful mentality. Your marriage will probably be arranged. It'll probably be something beneficial for your family, if not both families. And Mm -hmm. you probably, I don't know. Um, let's see, which is the one. I'm, you know, it's not a good place to be a female. Even yeah. it's 2020, and it's not a good place to be a female. And like I said, you know, us being there doesn't help. It's racist to say that today, though. Look out! But, oh well. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's the truth. In Pakistan, you might end up having to marry like your cousin or your uncle. So, you know, pass. Hard it's pass. It's not uncommon for there to be. Uh, what is the word I'm thinking of? You know, cousin marriage in yeah. certain countries. Incest? I mean, yeah, there you go. To some degree. And it, like, the royal family is a bunch of inbreds, so. Uh, yeah, um, that's why they look weird. Yeah. Charles looks really weird. I don't trust so that So, when, uh, when, when there's people, like, when the, you know, Bernie bros talk about how we're consumerist and materialistic society, and we just need we're it. so and greedy. That's what makes everything so bad because yeah. we're so greedy, and all we think about is money. There's a whole lot more to it than that. That is obviously not. I don't know any capitalist that actually thinks about money like all the time. What they're always thinking about is how can I make my family comfortable? How can I be comfortable? Um, nobody wants. Like I don't know. Out of all of our friends, who's like trying to be a millionaire? I mean. Honestly, it everybody would love to be a millionaire because it would make their life a tiny bit easier. But then it's like politicians are trying to make even the people who just became millionaires lives hell. And it's like, mm, maybe I guess we shouldn't be making millionaires is what the politicians are saying. But it's also stupid. And, you know, it's clear that they don't understand economics um, because, you know, here they are demonizing the very people that they actually need yeah. for their income. I was listening to Tim Dillon today, <laughs> his latest um, podcast. Oh my god! And yeah, he's so he was funny. talking about this. He was talking about the Hollywood, all the Hollywood elites, and these um, basic, these major corporations. And he's then, pretty woke. You know, <laughs> oh god, he's so much smarter than you would even imagine. I know, um, I love it. But he was like, all they do is complain about how they complain about um, these greedy one percenters, but. Really, they're just av- they they still advertise for these corporations. They still 
are the spokespeople for these corporations or they accept money from these corporations when he's talking about politicians. Mm -hmm. And really it's all about just keeping the rich rich and Mm -hmm. the poor poor. They have like these people have no desire to actually take care of the poor people or the minorities or any of that stuff. They don't care about any of that. They need them to be poor. They're rich and they need to keep their place at the table. Absolutely. And that's all they're trying to do. I mean, look at Nancy Pelosi. And Chuck Schumer. Elizabeth Warren. Adam Schiff and I mean Bernie Sanders has got three houses. Yeah, right. He should I mean, distribute those. I pissed off somebody online like back in 2016 because I called him a hypocrite. You would have thought that I shot this guy's dog. Where, in front where's of him. that person now? I don't know. I I like I must have blocked them or something. I was just I was in some um, private group and I thought it was like. You know, I I thought it was like a group where we all were kind of similarly minded. But I mean, I said that and then it was like he just would not leave me alone. I had to like block him. There are every once in a while I'll go and I'll look back at my my messages on Facebook and I'll see like people who tried to argue with me in a private message or something. Yeah. (laughs) But I'm not their friend, and so they can't just, you know. Oh, so it's just, like, in your filter off to the side, like, yeah. unread. And I've, I've, yeah. I've, I've moved on, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm sorry that you feel like you need to, like, continue this argument, but it's just not worth it. But, yeah, it's just that those people, I, I, like, I know, like, my friend who I was talking to you and Monica about who thinks that libertarians are pro-corporation, she doesn't understand that, the Democrats and the Republicans are pro-corporation. Oh, They're yeah. all about themselves. Big business is big government's best friend. I mean, like, yeah. people are talking about Trump being the first semblance of fascism in this country. It's like, are you kidding? That's, like, all this country's been for most of this, the past, like, 20th century. Like, it's just been a very soft fascism. We're not mass genociding anybody at home, at least. Um, you know, we're definitely doing damage abroad. But You know the, what's weird about... Um, William Cooper, the guy who wrote The yeah. Little Pale Horse. Um, you know, I was talking to you or we were texting and I was like, man, I wish I could get him on for an interview because he would be so interesting. And I looked him up when we got when I got home because I didn't know. But he apparently died um, getting into a gunfight with the police. Like what? under, like uh, they were. It's really a weird story, and I I read it or I heard it on a podcast from like 2006. Oh yeah, you sent me. But that. he I died in like he think. died in 2000 and one. He died in 2001, November. Like you told me, because I remember we were saying. Now he's like, predicted a lot crap. of things. But yeah. He predicted the World Trade Center attack, and then he died like three months after that. Yeah. Um, and by that point, I think he was living by himself in Arizona. And he had sent his wife and his kids off because he felt like they were in danger. And he was right. Um, it was Jeez. like one night he apparently, he lived in an area, he lived like in a neighborhood and he thought it was like a, I don't know what day it was, but um, he thought he heard like teenagers like making some noise down the street. So he got in his truck and he goes down there to tell him to be quiet. And then it turned into like an attack like there were these cop these plain clothes cops that just started attacking him and he just drove off Jesus. but um it ended up being where they were waiting for him when in his driveway when he got back home and it turned into a gunfight and he got shot multiple times and died um 
And if, um, I'll try to link that podcast because even though it's really old, they, it seems like it was, I, I feel like it, because it was so recent to the time that he died, that it's probably a pretty accurate description of what happened. Jeez. That says a lot. And he did kind of, that's another thing he did kind of predict is that he was going to, the government was not going to let him live much longer. He, he knew they were after him and they were following him. And that just kind of proves his point, you know? <laughs> I wish the government would figure that out. Yeah. You just make these people into martyrs in, in a way. Yeah. Another shout out to Cam and his red pill moments of the week he's been doing. Um, really is like government true crime but it's mm-hmm. like I, it, it's out there you know the reason we're so cautious of these tyrannical nutbags is because we're aware of all these things that they've done but that are readily available for anybody anybody to find out about and i mean sure there's a slant wherever you're gonna look and it's not going to be widely reported in all the mainstream sites or channels but it's all documented you could find it all and it's just all right well on to the next topic on to the next presidency on to the next crisis on to the next scandal you pick one but i don't know it's like i've got a longer memory than that yeah i'm I'm not even that old but it's just like i enjoy like i said I've, i've had to relearn and unlearn a lot but um i've i had to go out and seek all that yeah, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't I coming to me. Don't feel like we get a lot of answers. Like one of the things that just makes me kind of mad still is I remember when um what was it? When um the new is it Newtown where the uh shooting at the yep, elementary Newtown. school happened? Uh-huh. I mean yeah, it felt okay. like the news was all about on about that for like twenty four hour seven for like almost a month. Yeah. But then when the Las Vegas shooting happened that it went really away disappeared quick, fast. like a few days. And that wasn't necessarily because there was a ton of stuff going on in the news. Right. No. Nah. I know. Remember, and I remember, I don't know if you remember this, but I do remember like one weird little aspect of the story was that the cop that came in and shot Paddock, he disappeared afterwards. Or, or, or said he, he was the guy who shot him. Yeah. Yes. He just—I dis- didn't know that he disappeared. That's weird. He just suddenly disappeared, and then he reappeared, and he was like—he did an interview on—I um, don't know what show it was, but then after that, that was it. That's he really just weird. Again. What? That's weird. Was he a which uh which level of law enforcement? Do you remember? Uh, I don't know. Like a cop or SWAT oh, yeah. or FBI or I think he was just a like I think he was a security guy oh, in man. the hotel if I can remember correctly. Well, that means they're definitely keeping his true story on lockdown. Yeah, so I mean, my thinking is like he's he's been put into some psychiatric room. unit. Yeah, yeah, and he's being programmed he's in a padded right room now. Somewhere. Yep. There's just so much to that that I don't trust. I just don't understand. I don't know. Yeah, no, that's, there's a lot. And I mean, and that that I guess that's just, that's just the you know having read well listened to that audible. I mean, it made me it really made me think like I wonder how long conspiracy theorists have been around because that was early '90s when that came out, and he had been talking about stuff for a while before he wrote that book. And he does not seem like a really crazy person. Like no. when you listen to his interviews, he's very calm and collected. Yeah, thoughtful um, in his answers, not erratic. Yeah, 
not like you not know all Alex over Jones. the place, like very controlled <laughs> and measured, and that's what's kind of even scarier too. Yeah, not like Alex Jones. And that makes me wonder, like maybe that's why Alex Jones has become has been around for as long as he has been, is because he just does come off as crazy, so they, it's not they as use believable. His, they use his clownishness for sure. You know, yeah. Who? How many people out there? You know, even though our community might be the community that's more open-minded to listening to what Alex Jones has to say, like, I enjoy listening to Alex Jones. I haven't listened to him in a while because they deplatformed the bejesus out of him. And it's like, I don't even know where to find him anymore, except maybe his own website. But, like, when do I have time for that? Sorry. Sorry, I'm not supporting. But, yeah, I mean, it's... I guess people were maybe starting to take him too seriously, and that's why they've deplatformed him. But... The reason he's because still around is because some of the things he, he was saying was happening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's no, just so insane. It is. But I, I would suggest to you guys who are listening, if you look up William Cooper, just look up all the things that he predicted would happen, and you'll be surprised at how much he predicted and actually did happen. Pretty crazy. I mean, he was talking about Bush Sr. And Bush Sr. was the head of the CIA before he became president. Mm-hmm. So, um, and even even up until his death, he asked to still be briefed on CIA top secret stuff. Yeah, it's like, no, you're done. But yeah. one, you're never, you never leave, leave the CIA. Yeah. So I've heard. John Brennan. And speaking of CIA, I think that tonight is the night that Homeland premieres season starts. Yeah. I'll have to watch Which it. Which I'm just sorry, the... but I'm going to watch it. Oh, yeah. I'm going to finish it out. Yep, have to. Got to check out the propaganda for this season. <laughs> yeah, I just wonder why, I don't know. I wonder how people get so brainwashed and believe all this crap. I don't understand. Like, I've never fallen for crap. I don't know, but I am really tired. <laughs> I'm yawning. Not because our conversation isn't very interesting. I am just wiped <laughs> I, I could have actually laid my head back and fallen asleep I don't have a next <laughs> thought <laughs> well one thing I was thinking of real quickly about the coronavirus do you think that if Bill Cooper was alive right now do you think that he would say that the coronavirus was a government you know planted type scenario um I think he would be able to point us towards again factual evidence of where that's happened in the past and say while i don't know for sure i do know that this has happened i mean there was the bill gates bill gates had that um what is it called i want to say like it's not i want to say agenda 21 but that's not what it is but it was they he had a uh they had like this scenario they played out where um and coronavirus was the virus that they mentioned in it and to see how it would spread across the the globe like a simulation uh, yes simulation that's right that's what i was thinking of if you listen to the propaganda report monica's been talking about that a lot because it's just really creepy how that came to pass like mm. it happened they did the simulation this year and then it happened not this year but at the end of last year and now it's happening and then i think it's kind of weird how all these protests were happening in hong kong and the government just could not get it under control. It I went know. on for a long time. And now everybody's quarantined in their Too house. Too busy being sick or trying to not be sick. Yeah, no, I mean, that's why I said in, the, in our 
ANCAP ladies group chat on Instagram, I was like, you know, uh, it's hard to protest when you're dying from the coronavirus. Yeah. If that's exactly. what's happening. Yeah. I mean, sounds pretty convenient to me. Yeah. And, and seeing as how the coronavirus um, has been around for a while and it hasn't become a pandemic issue. So why is it? Is it more vir- virulent now than it was before? Has it been maybe have they done something in a lab where they made it much more powerful than it was before? That's a question I have because there is a lab there in Wuhan where, you know, it is suspected to have started. Mm-hmm. They do a lot of biological type testing. A lot of questions. Yeah. It seems very suspicious to me. And it's not like China has a good record of, well, anything. Uh-uh. And of, of course they would experiment on their own people. I mean, they, they were fine with aborting in, infant, in the infant side of like millions of children. So, oh, yeah, I mean, you know, there's no respect for human life there. Yeah, we know for a fact. I mean, it's a known fact that prisoners in China, they turn into organ donors. So, you know, it's not China's not, prison. And is not, not a place voluntary. You go to. Not voluntary organ donors. Like when no, you. No, they magically get, turn into organ donors. Just like all of a sudden, guess what? Did you want to be an organ donor? Didn't matter. <laughs> it's like, it's not. Did you want that? little heart mark indication on your uh, driver's license or no will you not be it doesn't matter we don't ask in china there is also a really good documentary on netflix that i'm surprised that it's on netflix or is it on prime it's either on prime or on netflix what's it called i wish i could remember i think it's like china's babies or something oh yeah like it's that. on uh, it's on netflix i think the like one baby policy one is yeah that yeah i think it's on netflix it's like the one child nation that's so, what it's called that's what it's called and I'm surprised it was even made because um, it is very much like, I Pro mean, it is, it is basically anti-abortion all the way. And you're talking, these people, these women that were abortionists for, and even won medals for their work and everything talk about how it just killed their soul to do that job. I mean, they were talking about women that would run away and try to hide from them, and they would. The police would come after them and make them and force them to have abortions. You'd think. Well, I guess they needed them as tax cattle, or not tax cattle, but you know, cattle, human cattle, um, mm-hmm. for working for the empire, the kingdom, whatever you want to call it. I don't know. The leaders. Uh, you know, it's amazing that they didn't just kill her. But I guess that was that would have been the other option if she didn't abort the baby that she was carrying that she wasn't supposed to have by their decree. You know, it would have been her death. And so, I mean, you know, I would think, and you're a mother, I'm not, but, you know, knowing my mom and movies and just real people I know in real life, it's like, mothers would die for their children. Yeah. But it's like, these mothers would be killed if they were, you know, didn't, if they allowed the children to happen. Or, you know, I'm sure there were tons of children that were born in secret, but it's like this, that whole family Mm -hmm. was in danger for having that secret extra child. Yeah, and it's, it's sad because, you know, a lot of these women, you know, like they love their husband and this is a thing that they made out of their love and they have to kill it. They, you know, I'm sorry, but like the moment that you it's so know you're pregnant. Spirit. Yeah, you just, it's like it's the bonding begins. Like the father never doesn't get the chance to bond with a baby the way a mother does. It's just, And that's the sad part of it because... You would think that they 
you would think that it would hurt. Like, I think it kind of hurts my husband sometimes to know that he never got to know like how close me and the kids are because of that. And we shared a heartbeat for, you know, nine months. Mm -hmm. He didn't get that connection. So, I mean, of course he had, he's very connected to the children, but it's just not the same the way that a mother does. And so just that, ugh, that's just, I can't even imagine that would just kill me. And then I know that there was one, um, at some point, I think that the Chinese government realized they could make money off adoptions. So what they would do is if a family did have more than one kid, they'd basically like take Sold it. Good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. And then Bye sell now. it for adoption. Mine. So it was a little better, but yeah. Just at least the child lived and it got a different and better life and it didn't have to grow up in communist China. Yeah. Still. It's sad. Yeah. So anyway, government sucks. So does communism. I mean, obviously, those two are just like bedmates. Oh yeah, remember that documentary you showed, you sent me about uh, Cuba? Oh yeah, it's literally it was... called "Communism Sucks." We need to put that in the show notes too. You probably should. Yeah, is that the, the place really communism is still going on today? It's like it's not good, guys. And it, people that think that um. Just a little bit of socialism isn't a bad thing, and it's not going to lead to that. It's just like, that's the end game. That's the goal. And, you know, anybody who says otherwise is lying or they don't understand it, and I I don't want to deal with either of those, you know, that doesn't excuse you for being so wrong and genocidal and murderous and just envious, like, biblically envious of yeah. other man to, you know, want what they have, but not have to work for it. I think that it's also, you know, all you have to do really is just talk to somebody who lived in Soviet Russia or Ukraine or lives in Ukraine during the USSR mm-hmm. um, and just talk to them. Like uh, my kid's babysitter, she's from Moldova, but she's Ukrainian Moldovan. Her mother grew up in the Ukraine. And um, her mother actually, you know, is a product of the Soviet style because now it's like whenever she comes to America, she just buys like all kinds of things that you cannot get there. You can't get peanut she, butter in Russia, remembers. right? Like to this day because of sanctions. Yeah. Like, but anyway. Yeah. But, you <laughs> know, it, her mom crazy. can yeah. tell you firsthand that life was very, there was not a lot of hope, I think. And you didn't um, have a lot of joy either. It's not one of those things where oh, we're all like sharing all this nice stuff together. It's basically like the government saying that you don't matter as an individual. The country matters more than you. You need to put yourself last and put your government first. And we'll let you know how much you matter. We'll let you know. And that that breaks down everything. It breaks down the family. It breaks down your, it just breaks down everything because that's what makes America and countries in the West a better, a much better place to live because at least we know that we we are valued and we matter. And if we don't exist, if we don't do, you know, reach our fullest potential, then nothing is good. So you have to value yourself. You have to put yourself first a little bit. It's not the end of the world. It's not the worst thing. You're allowed to be selfish. And yeah, being selfish is definitely not bad. I mean, they definitely demonize being selfish and it's like you have to take care of yourself. You have to put the oxygen mask on first. Yours. Because being selfish also means that you have all these people around you that you love and you want to take care of. Yeah, that's that's included. 
Because being able to take care of them also benefits you. Right? Yeah. I just answered my own question, right? Yeah. 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 So (laughs) take care of yourself so you can take care of your people. Yep. That's a good place to end it, I think. Yeah, I was going to say, on that note, I really need to go to bed and take care of myself. Yeah. I agree. Well, everybody, <laughs> thanks for joining us once again. You know where to find us. And if you don't, you're new here or something, you can find us on Instagram. We've topped a thousand followers. That's pretty big deal. Because, I mean, like, who are we? What? Um, Instagram, <laughs> Voluntary Vixens. Uh, Vixens Voluntary on Twitter. Patreon, Vixens underscore Voluntary. Yep. I think. Yeah. That's good. Yep. Cool. We're on Facebook, but, you know, whatever. I don't think we even post there. I don't even know if you post there. Yeah, I do. Everything I post on Instagram posts on Facebook. That's triggering. Zuck's definitely going to come after us. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, is there anything else, Jesse? Nope, that's it. That's all right. We'll catch you all next time. And in the meantime, please keep it safe. Safe? Same. She's really tired. I'm so (laughs) tired. I can't even say my sign out tagline. Keep it sane. Keep it peaceful. Keep it voluntary.